Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving. Now, in season two, The Cannamom Show continues on its mission to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. Go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back, and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's The Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Welcome back. I'm just happy to be here. How are you doing, Dave? Not too bad. Between shots one and two for the vaccine. So I felt a little queasy after the first shot. And the second shot's probably going to suck. But this is the price we pay for that's health. That's what makes us happy these days, getting a shot and feeling sucky. That's, <laughs> that's our life. If you're looking back at this from the future, that's how it was. <laughs> All right. So my weekend was good. I saw my mom. She's doing better, you told me. She's better. We were outside. It was a beautiful day. Then she got upset because she got a little sunburn in between her mask and her eyeglasses, like right here. <laughs> That's the new like, tan line. Yeah. So I also got to listen to some podcasts this weekend that I actually wanted to share with my our listeners just because oh, cool. I am a podcast, so I like to support podcasts. So one of the big ones I talk, to, talk about all the time is Hidden Brain. So I just want to give a um, shout out to this week's Hidden Brain. I listened to, it's a first of a three-part series on why we tell stories. So it's a psychologist, Tanya Lombroso. She discusses how explanations can lead to discovery, delight, and disaster. And it's not just external explanations, it's internal explanations too. How we understand things in our own brain can often shift how we think about things. So the power stories, people. And the second one is a Terry Gross, Fresh Air. When I started in this business, I used to say that I wanted to be the Terry Gross of cannabis. That's right. <laughs> I haven't said that in quite a while. I know. Maybe my dreams are changing. <laughs> so another great interview I listened to this weekend was with Professor Sherry Turkle. 
She is a professor of the Social Studies of Sciences and Technology in the Program in Sciences, Technology, and Society at MIT. That's such an academic title. Mm. And good Lord, what does that even mean? And the founding director of the MIT Initiative on Technology and Self. And she was talking about her new memoir, The Empathy Diaries, which the New York Times described as a beautiful memoir about the life of the mind and the life of the senses. The first one you mentioned about why we care so much about storytelling, I I could have saved you time. You could have just watched Game of Thrones because this is what Tyrion said about it. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. Nothing can stop it. I don't know what that means, but there you go. (laughs) Well, there we are. That's That's why we tell stories. That's right. And these are not cannabis podcasts, but I'm going to start making a um, habit of shouting out to some of my favorite women podcasters. Mm -hmm. So today I am showing respect for our friend, Kira Reed, the host of Women Leading in Cannabis, which can be found in a very unique cannabis aggregate site, PodConnex, where I, the Cannabis Show, can also be found in a whole other series of podcasts focused on cannabis. She is also the founder of Women Empowered in Cannabis, which is how I know her which is a community of women working in cannabis, hemp, CBD, and psychedelics. And she's the co-founder of House of Jane, a place to connect with women in the cannabis industry. So you can find that show anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Like me, she is sharing the stories of professional women in cannabis. And there are so many stories to tell. And we know that stories have power. So again, women working in cannabis, our friend, host, Kara Reed. And if people are interested in those, let me guess, they can find the information in, in the show notes. Always, always in the show notes. And so Canamom, Canamom show, the best show notes in the business. I'm very consistent. If I'm nothing, yeah. if I'm nothing else but consistent, that's Absolutely. what Mommyhood yeah. has taught me. Okay. So before I introduce our guest, I just want to give a big thank to today's show sponsor, Cannabis Creative. Cannabis Creative is a Boston-based female-founded business with decades of experience in web design and development, SEO, SEM, branding, social media, marketing, and content strategy. Thank you, Cannabis Creative. I say those words like I know them now. I'm almost understanding that marketing jargon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm getting better. Okay. I'm excited for today's guest. We've been spending some time on Clubhouse, but I haven't really spoken in a while. So today's guest transitioned from the tech industry to cannabis event planning during a pandemic. As the mom of three boys and a woman who has leaned in hard, she knows stress and the problems we women experience when trying to be perfect just to be let in the door. She had a cannabis epiphany on her journey from tech to event planning and finds herself at the center of a movement in event planning, cannabis-centric weddings. I said that, cannabis-centric weddings, Mm. just as we are moving forward and toward future with real in-person human events. Oh my gosh. Here today to talk about her transition from PTA mom to cannabis event planner, her personal use during this stressful year, and what 2021 event she is most looking forward to. Please welcome to the Cannamom Show, Vanessa Oliver, CEO of the Cannabis Wedding Expo. Welcome, Vanessa. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. (laughs) I'm happy you're excited. So I have been spending some time with you on Clubhouse. I'm very familiar with the Cannabis Wedding Expo. I actually did an interview there live last year when it was in Boston, but you're taking over. So before we get to that, because that is just fascinating, just talk about a little bit. You know, you're a woman in the industry. You came from a male dominated industry. You went into event planning. Now you're in 
cannabis event planning. So what was it like? What what brought you here? I guess that's always the journey I think is interesting. Man, the journey is uh, crazy that I'm even here. Me too. Me too. (laughs) I'm always telling people, (laughs) you know, cannabis is not something that I thought I would ever be associated with. I am a Black female. I'm from East 69th, Oakland, the Ville. So, you know, my initial relationship with the plant was always just seeing like family members like locked up because of it. So I swore to myself that I would never get involved with it in any shape or form. And then now here I am, the CEO of the Cannabis Wedding Expo. And it's just, it's been a crazy journey. And the fact that it all happened during a pandemic, one of the most trying times for all of us. So, you know, I'm definitely, I think even being in the cannabis space has allowed me to just absorb and embrace what that journey has meant on getting here. And it's really made me cognizant of what this plant means. It's unity, it's perseverance, it's community, and all of that is how I even got here. With the, uh, the I, I think it's almost that thing. I do speak to a lot of women who grew up in this industry, their legacy, they, it was normalized at some level in their family. So they didn't learn, they didn't have the shock of learning about it. I think like I did. And I learned about this as an adult. So I am very clearly understand people who don't understand this plant, which is why sometimes I'm, I think sometimes it's accessible for me to explain in little bits to them, because mm-hmm. if you know the whole big picture, sometimes it's hard to break it down. So, so how did you come to this moment that you knew that you know, it wasn't what you thought it was and that it's health and wellness really. And yeah, (laughs) transformative. (laughs) So, so funny story. I was in the tech industry for the longest and, you know, being a mom in the tech industry with like hella kids, right. It was just very anxious situation all the time. And so I had went to the doctor and I told them, Hey doc, you know, can you give me something or can you help me figure out a plan for my anxiety? And they try to give me antidepressants. I was like, no, nah, I'm not depressed. I'm anxious. I got hella kids. So they kept trying to push this prescription on me. My husband, who's actually not my ex-husband at the time, he was a cannabis attorney. And so he's just like, nah, I got something better for you. So at the time that there was no dosage on any of these cannabis packages. So he hands me this cookie and it was a York peppermint patty. And like he was super irresponsible with how he gave it to me. He's just like, you know, take a bite. And I was like, well, just a bite or how much do I take? And he goes, whatever you feel comfortable with. Like I'm a new consumer. I don't know what I feel comfortable with. So I'm eating this cookie and it tastes like a York peppermint patty. So of course I eat the entire damn thing. And, you know, it, that was kind of all she wrote. 45 minutes later, I woke up and I was in the cannabis industry. So <laughs> that's how I got here. <laughs> Oh my God. But it felt like three weeks, even though it was only 45 minutes, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I felt. All right. P- people at home, I do talk about this a lot. Dosing is a huge issue Duh. and you don't want to ruin your, the miracle of cannabis by scaring yourself. So <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because that easily could have happened. I could have went left and just not wanted to experience it anymore because it was a crazy high for me. I'm in Oakland. It's Saturday night. There's lights going off everywhere. It, it was a wild experience. But I realized after the fact that I felt noticeably calmer, you know, after the high came down, I was like, okay, I think I could get with this. So it was through the education and the research and just learning how to customize it for myself that I learned about the microdosing and the CBD versus the THC and all those different components that aren't very comprehensive until you really dive into the information. And that's how I got into the event space. I want to teach other parents about, you know, 
ways in which they can learn about it, but really speak to them on their level. You know, they, it comes in health products and beauty products and tinctures and you can use yoga. And there's so many like different avenues that are just really fun ways to embrace this plant. And that's what these events are about. It's teaching in a very interactive way. And I've, yeah, I've just had a lot of fun with it. It does sound fun. All right. So just, um, so you have an epiphany. What year was this? Just to the context of where you were. Ooh. This was 2015. Okay, so things were coming in. I got, I had my epiphany in 2016. Yeah. Wellness and and <laughs> cannabis years are like dog years. I keep saying this. So each year is like seven. We've been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. It feels like a while. It feels like a while. All right. So you are doing tech. You realize cannabis isn't what you thought it was. So your husband's in the cannabis industry. So what were the conversations like if he was working as a cannabis attorney and you didn't even know what it was before this? Totally different, very technical. I mean, because he had been a part of cannabis for a minute and he's dealt with like the criminal side. I mean, he's an attorney. So health and wellness wasn't really his thing. It was all like, I'm gonna just smoke it. And, you know, that was it. It was, I think, uh, you know, when cannabis gets that woman's touch, you know, it becomes like an entirely different conversation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so even like when I was teaching it to him about how I was learning about it, it was just foreign to him. So that's funny because I did in the early. So I am an attorney. Dave's an attorney. There's a whole attorney world. And I have met quite a few criminal attorneys who have transitioned into cannabis attorneys, business attorneys, because those were their clients. I mean, that was the people they were meeting, the legacy people and helping them, you know, helping them to get into this industry in a different way. That's an interesting transition. All right. So those I mean, right there in your family were the two ideas of what cannabis is. This, Mm -hmm. It's just it's fun. It's a little dangerous. It's a little edgy. I'm going to be in the criminal side, which I don't know why people become criminal attorneys. Lots of reasons. So that's the side he's on. And you're on the, I feel really good. And I'm going to share it with my PTA. So how did that work? (laughs) Oh my gosh. PTA. They were funny. So I was a part of the PTA and they came to me and they're just like, Hey, you know, we're doing this parents auction dinner. We would love it if you can create an event to auction off at the dinner. And I was like, you really want me to create an event? So I am, my train of thought was like, if I create this event that includes cannabis, maybe they'll be like, Oh, okay. never mind, And they'll leave me alone. So I pitched this, you know, this <laughs> that's a secret parent. Okay. For new moms <laughs> out there, just, I am the PTA mom. I was so into it. I ran for school committee so once you step up and seem competent they keep making you come back so always coming back it's more and more and more it never ends and so you know I pitched to them this CBD education event and it was a sensory event where I was going to provide panelists to give them questions about the topicals and all the sensory components and then they can afterward you know have that one-on-one engagement go to a booth and talk to them I pitched this to the school two weeks went by. I thought it was done. You know, I wasn't going to hear from them again. I get the call goes, we love it. We want to auction this off at the parents auction dinner. I was like, do you know what CBD is? It's cannabis. Are y'all, you guys are okay with this? And they're just like, yeah, we're totally down. And I mean, honestly, I knew the school was desperate for money. So I feel like that's where like, we'll take anything. I want to do a CBD event. I've been asking my temple for years to do a CBD event. I finally got them to have a doctor come in and talk about it, but I think it'd be so fun to have a, like a true event. Yeah, for sure. Especially now. And I feel like even now it's even more like important because you have all these parents sitting inside the house with their kids. Like they're looking at other alternatives. And that really was kind of what happened. You know, it was the highest selling item at the auction. We were actually over, we went into a wait list. Wow. Just like, look, are you guys going to do another one? And then that's when the pandemic hit. 
And so we did the event, right? But, you know, the pandemic hit, so we couldn't do any more. And then as we were going through the pandemic, more parents were reaching out to me, just asking like their own questions. Like, oh, we heard about the event and we heard about the CBD stuff and I would love more information. I'm anxious. I'm all kinds of stuff. My kids are driving me crazy. So like- I so- can't get into the liquor store fast enough. I mean, I'm like, I, this is the truth. I mean, I talk about this a lot about mom. So when I was, my, my children were young, this wasn't part of my- repertoire I didn't know CBD even existed and smoking a joint was kind of out of the question and I can't even tell you like I mean it's kind of a joke but like could I make it to the liquor store before I pick them up at daycare I mean you know that was like the mom thing (laughs) and it wasn't even abnormal but now all the moms are stuck at home and drinking around your kids isn't really that great so we need to be able to engage with our communities and not be anxious I think it's the anxious stuff women almost don't even know they are anxious because it's just so ingrained in us at some point it's just something we experience every day so it just becomes you know just a normal part of your routine until somebody brings it out of you or your body starts showing you that you're anxious you're breaking out you're just exhausted and tired and I live in Sacramento currently um, in a very family-oriented community some of these people have like five or six kids surprisingly and I'm like wow you know, so th- these conversations are very, very important because we're talking about health and your your mental health at that. And I really want to see these women thrive and not be stuck in this life. So you had an event company, right? So, but mm-hmm. then somehow you've transitioned into the cannabis event. So mm-hmm. I guess tell me about that. So we've talked a little bit about the kind of mom mm-hmm. interactive CBD. How do we use this so we don't, you know, kill our children and, <laughs> and improve our health? But brides, weddings. So talk about this. I did go to a cannabis wedding expo last year in Boston. I was, I loved it. You know, there's some very small, very intimate, very interesting vendors. Yeah. I don't know, just exp- how do you explain this to people? Tell them what it is. Yeah. So the Cannabis Wedding Expo is a boutique, a national trade show that is a boutique wedding expo experience. So we currently operate in Denver, Boston, Vegas, Toronto, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. It all started in Denver in 2016. And as a boutique for the B2B, the business side, it just means that they do not have to compete with each other. You know, you go to these expos and they have like 20 of the exact same vendors in each category. And here we only have like two or three because one that's important for the vendor themselves to for their exposure and not have to compete with other vendors but then for the consumer we don't overwhelm them you don't want to overwhelm people in cannabis it's hard enough to grasp what's happening so just having that intimate relationship is so important and then two it's again the education for the consumer themselves how can you integrate cannabis into your wedding? There's floral designs, there's hemp dresses, there's bud bars, which I love way more than alcoholic bars, right? There's infused dinners. There's so many innovative ways. Um, sex and intimacy has become a huge thing. You know, uh, I believe we had Kiss Canoe there with their intimacy oil. And I mean, honeymoon night, hello. So there's like so many like avenues that are really broadening people's ideas of like, hey, you know, this is a more holistic way of enjoying my wedding. And it's just, it's beautiful to see. So I know. So the one that I went to in Boston, it was in Cambridge. It was in a very nice space. It was, you know, pretty small in terms of vendors. It wasn't like the MJ BizCom or something. It was, you know, you could walk in and you could see the whole room. I know that there was some caterers there. There was an etiquette. Uh, I think Emily, the woman who wrote, higher etiquette. She was at one of these. I had met some, a woman who had a product. We had some jewelry. There was some, just, I think it was there. It was a very nice event. I just, so what do you, what's the typical thing? What are first, I guess, who just named some of the typical vendors and 
the different states because obviously it's very very state and local specific yes. and then can you talk a little bit about what because i had talked to um irie catering madeline mm-hmm. irie spoke, yeah so she had been at the boston event mm-hmm. so she, i know that she said transition more into this bud bar she said that's much more lucrative in terms of the wedding part but just explain exactly what a bud bar is too because i don't think that's something people all clearly understand and how that would work at a wedding it's sort of separate from the catering Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love Madeline because she's the one who really walked me through the Bud Bar experience. So I feel like I can talk about it more confidently. And with the Bud Bar, really what it is, is they introduce you to, you know, the terpenes, the different elements in which you can consume cannabis. So you have your smokes, you have your edibles. They are very educated. It's that one-on-one experience. So you can um, pretty much walk up as you would and ask if you were to ask for a cocktail Instead, you're getting like, you know, again, the edible, the smoke, anything that is more defined to what you're looking for. And you have so many different strains and ways to approach and enjoy it. And so when you have a butt tender, they really act like a sommelier, you know, or a a bartender, which is they introduce you to, you know, products that really work with what you want. If you want to feel euphoric, ooh, take this. If you're feeling like, okay, you want to feel like a little more of a mellow vibe, we suggest you take this. So they come off, they're very educated in the sense of how they provide the product. And so when you do these bud bars, who provides the flour or the products? Is that through the, the how does that pot work? Yeah. The, the client provides provides the, the product and they pay for it. However, it's the experience starts the minute that you hire them. So say you hire Irie Weddings and Events, who are absolutely amazing. They work with you from the very onset of determining what products you want to supply, how much of it you want to supply, you know, and then they provide you with the education and then they say, okay, we'll set up on site. This is going to be the schedule because again, you're also dealing with the fact that they have to be very uh, cognizant of the time of the wedding. You can't just send people off high at the end of the event. There's a point in which they have to shut it down. So just monitoring that there's an entire service and process that comes with it. And this is very complicated, especially I think in terms of dosing with food. So I have not been to an infused dinner, not yet. I'll be there someday. But the idea, like, how do you know what the dosage is? How do you know what each individual would like to consume? Is it is the infused food in the butter and the sauces? Is it infused in the pastry? I mean, these are all decisions that you're working with a caterer on, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And usually they do. It's always smart to use it in something that the the guests can monitor themselves. The butters, the sauces, the salad dressing is a huge thing because you don't want them to just, you know, not be able to have control over their own dosage. And even in that sense, they always make sure to microdose it, right? Because, you know, by microdosing, you can easily be able to monitor how much you're taking. And they, of course, they educate you on the dosage, you know, and how much milligrams you would be intaking with each dose along the way. And I will say, unlike alcohol, if you're feeling too much, there is a remedy. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's great too, right? Because when you're dealing with edibles, again, you know, it, there's not always a rapid onset with it. So it takes time. And so having somebody there that can kind of walk you through that, be like, no, wait, you know, don't take any more yet give this some time. It's very helpful to have somebody like coaching you, especially if you're a new consumer. And and they have the CBD and the the extra peppercorns underneath the counter if they need to like bring you down real quick. Uh Yep. You're like, take this CBD, you feel a little high. Yeah. But we always hear like people at butt bars are showing like a progressively more like exciting experience because you're not like lush. You don't have people lush and falling out of the bar and causing like fights and stuff like that. Like I've been to so many of those weddings and I can tell you like the ones that have 
craft cannabis are so much more calmer and it's I mean they're just always but fun. they're still fun so my I've had a pushback on this they're like who wants to have a stoner wedding everyone's just sitting around looking at the stars the stoner wedding yeah that's, <laughs> that's the microdosing right because you don't want them to get to that point you still want them to enjoy and be functional yeah, so that's the difference. This is, it can make you happy. It can make you feel like you want to dance. It can take away some of your anxiety in terms of like getting out there. I mean, it's just it's, exactly it's interesting. Exactly. So, what are the let's well, let's see. Let's talk about the ones you are. So, I know that you've been trying to get things off the ground. You've been moving, moving. So, what is actually happening? What is planned? What is live? What is virtual? What are you actually doing? And who's coming to you? Are people planning weddings? Is this exciting? Oh my goodness. Yes. Like people are so ready. Now keep in mind, I just joined on as CEO in October. Phil approached me. Phil is the founder of the Cannabis Wedding Expo. And he approached me mid, I would say like June, a little bit after the pandemic had started. And, you know, it was like a six month conversation. Finally, you know, I signed on in October. And so I'm still kind of like working through the infrastructure, finding my groundings. And initially we were supposed to have an event March for Denver and Las Vegas, but, you know, things were still up in the air as far as live events. So after checking in with all of our vendors, you know, they were all okay with pushing it back. Many of them were just not ready yet. So now the first event is going to be Las Vegas, August 29th at- Yep. Emerald Queens Ridge. So excited about that. And then Denver is going to be October 10th. Yes. At the Baldoria on the water. All of these venues are beautiful, beautiful, elegant venues. So we're really excited about it. I would say Denver, I am most excited about because that was like the birthplace of the Cannabis Wedding Expo. And I've never been to Denver. So that is where I had my Cannabis Awakening, Denver. Yes. Yes. I hear about all the time. So I definitely plan on having a moment there for myself, you know. All right. So if someone came to Vegas, if they wanted to sign up a bride, how are they finding you? And what are brides and grooms or brides and brides? Who's coming to you? What kind of people want cannabis? And what do they want? What do they think they want? And what do they actually end up getting? Do you think? So for the brides, the consumer sides, a lot of them are just, a lot of them are asking, well, how do I integrate cannabis into my wedding? I want to know other alternatives. We have people that are asking for the boutonnieres with like a little nug on the boutonniere. Um, Some people want to do a toque and, you know, at the beginning of the ceremony or at the end of the ceremony, we have people that are asking for little goodie bags and favors to give out to the guests afterwards, you know, that have like infused mints and cute little little, you know, topicals. And those are really a lot of the biggest things. Oh, the gift basket. I love that idea. What about, actually, I'm just going to give a weird shout out to Puffco right now. So I got a Puffco, um, Chelsea Kosoar, Kosoar, am I pronouncing that right? Sent me this adorable little Puffco vaporizer thing, which I was thinking that's like a good gift, like at a wedding, right? Yeah. Instead of cufflinks. Absolutely. I love that. So Puffco, it's adorable. It's uh, called a Puffco Plus. Puffco, Chelsea, Puffco Plus. Okay, I'm going to write that down. Because this is colorful, obviously, but I imagine it comes in all different colors and shades and you might even be able to get it engraved. Well, that's super cute too. And if you can get it engraved, that makes it even more personal. I, I don't know. I'm just making that up, but I'm sure you can. If, you, <laughs> if I can think of it, I'm sure you can do it. <laughs> not an idea, Chelsea. You should make it an idea. That'd be amazing. Not, not, nothing money can't buy, people. If you want it, you can pay for it somehow. <laughs> yeah, we can do anything. It is the cannabis industry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just give them an idea and they'll do it. That's the amazing part. All right. So that's so, so how many vendors are you thinking you're going to have in Vegas and how many in Denver? 
Are you still there? So we're still kind of working on that. We do have uh, a number of vendors. I would say um, in Vegas right now, we have about 20 vendors already signed up and more currently being onboarded. It hasn't been very difficult to find anybody through Clubhouse and word of mouth. People are just, hey, you know, I have this. Do you know, do you think it would work? And, you know, we're just kind of talking about, you know, what the packages are and getting them onboarded right now. You know, we're talking to a caterer that's going to be potentially supplying you know, food during the event. That's another amazing thing about these um, expos is you come there, you get the education, but you also get kind of like the mock experience of the wedding. You know, you have caterers supplying you with like little CBD bites and you get to hear the music. If you've been to an LA event, you know, we had an entire like orchestrated band and a violinist and we had a fashion show and it's a beautiful, amazing experience. You get to tour the venues, which is another big question by consumers is where are the cannabis friendly venues? Where can we find them? And so a lot of what our consumers right now are showing us is that maybe we even need to be more cognizant about building a directory so that it's not just the expo that you're getting this information like afterward, like where do we find all these vendors so that, you know, we can engage with them after the fact as well. And I think that, I think the vendors and the places where can you actually have an event like this, who's being good about it, who is absolutely not someone you should approach. And I think I saw you in a clubhouse uh, travel room. What about honeymoons, travel experiences that are cannabis friendly? I did. I had this idea. I think I said it on clubhouse. So my husband is, I live in the house that Tip O'Neill's father built in North Cambridge. So I'm North Cambridge obsessed. Okay. Yeah. So, and I also do this show, obviously the Cannon Mom show. And my husband over the pandemic has literally, I think, walked every street in Cambridge and Somerville at this point. So I think that we should set up a Cannon Mom show tour of Cambridge that would be cannabis friendly <laughs> that would be so much fun people love things like that they love history they love like hearing stories about history I, I think you were just talking about the podcast that tells stories people connect with stories yeah so we I, now I mean he tells me everything he knows now but I know everything now because we walked we walk around and he's told me all the random things he's learned but I think other people could benefit from knowing the random facts so I don't know I'll put Absolutely. it out there people maybe we do have I live in a two-family my son lives downstairs but he could leave someday. I could do an Airbnb. <laughs> oh, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. If you talk to a CCTA, California Cannabis Tourism Association, I mean, they are totally broadening their horizons down all these states with, you know, cannabis friendly venues and Airbnbs. Come there hang with the Cannamom, get a tour of Cambridge and you can consume in our patio. And maybe my husband who looks like George Clooney, but cooks like Julia Child could cook for you. It would be a whole experience. That's a whole package. That's a whole package. All right. We'll set it up with you later. Oh, it's been a sort of a joke. It's been a joke this whole year as we walk around. I'm like, you're like, you know, Forrest Gump. He's like, and this happened here. And then there was something there. And look at this sign over here. <laughs> I so wonder how you would like sell that though. That'd be an amazing summary package right there. <laughs> Talk about that later. All right. So, all right. So you said Vegas, Denver, where else are you? I know we had one in Boston. What are your hopes as the year goes on? Who's contacting you? Who really wants these? Yeah, so we are really playing catch up right now. So Denver and Vegas were really from like 2020 and, you know, we're bringing them into 2021, 2022. I imagine, you know, just judging on how everything pans out with these uh, live events, you know, we're going to be opening back up to San Francisco and Los Angeles and Toronto. We really were eyeing Vancouver, but, you know, Canada right now, they're not really feeling us. So, you know, we'll see how everything works. Chicago is huge on our list. All the new recreational states, New Jersey and Jamaica. 
you know? Oh, yes. As Jamaica has definitely been on our radar as well. So yeah, it's all the recreational states, especially the new ones where we have the opportunity to give mom and pop businesses an opportunity to get in front of the consumers before like these big corporations come in, just kind of take over that market. I mean, I, I do. I mean, I, I think the way America is doing this is very frustrating, but on the flip side, because it's so very state specific and not even just state specific, it's like community specific within the states that it is giving an opportunity to smaller businesses who may have been run over, I think, I hope. I mean, we talk a lot about social equity in Massachusetts. I don't know what we're actually doing about it, but we do talk about it. We're trying to set up a special license program and, you know, we have people in Massachusetts who are big who are trying to fight it. So I can't even imagine what it'd be like if this was a national issue. I don't know. Yeah. That's sort of what I think. And maybe by the time this becomes federally legal, I don't know, America, what's going to happen. But when it does become legal, we will have people with deep roots in all of our states. And maybe that'll help build a more diverse community or Absolutely. industry. We'll everywhere. We'll yeah. be like in every state and international. That is our goal. Yeah. And we talk about this on the clubhouse about women in this industry, how, you know, it's we can go by the old rules, but we just we got to build a bigger table. We just, you know, we're not taking someone's seat, you know, there can be that way of business, but there can be our way of business too. And we're building it. You ladies are building it. I find that so. Absolutely. And I want to give props to the men that have really been like helping to foster that community um, with opportunities with women. Phil has definitely been one of those. So encouraging. He has just been inspiring on giving me the space to be able to work the way that I want to work in this space and obviously providing the opportunity. So, you know, men like that, you know, they are our comrades and I think they deserve equal recognition for just being allies in this space. I do, kid. I'm like, you know, men can come join us. We're building this world. Come join our rules. You can help. You can fit in. It's awesome. We want you. Just don't make us, don't make us, don't make us be the other way. Cause we want to set up exactly. this. And nice, like, we want this to have ecological roots. We want to have good packaging. I'm, yeah. You know, the, there's a whole conversation about plastic packaging yesterday on Clubhouse about mm-hmm. how ridiculous this is for our industry to be doing this. But, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and the thing is, I would buy better packaging if it was there, but it's not there because it's not the cheapest, so they don't provide it. It's just a weird loop that we've gotten ourselves into. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is why queens rule the world. That's why we're queens rule the world. All right, my friend Vanessa. Let's let's see. Before we finish this great conversation with Vanessa Oliver of the Cannabis Wedding Expo, let's take a minute. I just want to share a little bit about today's sponsor, and then we'll come back and finish this great conversation. So you know that I say that cannabis has everything the real world has, but a little upside down which means if you are operating in the cannabis industry or you want to enter the cannabis industry, you definitely need to work with a cannabis specialist. And Cannabis Creative is just that. Cannabis Creative is a full-service digital marketing agency that provides cannabis and CBD companies a suite of marketing solutions ranging from branding and web design to social media and email promotion services. And the Cannabis Creative team has decades of experience in web design and development, SEO, SEM, branding, social media, marketing, and content strategy. Cannabis Creative has a Boston-based team, which is majority female, was co-founded by friend of the show, Josephine Nowitz, and is leading and representing women-founded and minority-owned cannabis and CBD businesses, including Blue Forest Farms, Pure Oasis, Sanctuary, Grow Generations, and more. And if that were not enough, Cannabis Creative won the Hermes Creative Gold Award for e-commerce and web design, which highlights Cannabis Creative's extensive record in providing innovative digital marketing services to its clients, as well as the agency's deep understanding of the specific marketing needs of the cannabis industry. 
So if you want to increase your dispensary foot traffic, boost your presence on the web, or elevate your online first impressions, the Cannabis Creative Team wants to meet you. You can learn more about Cannabis Creative at their website, where you can find a full listing of services, review their portfolio, or read one of their many insightful cannabis business blogs. And when you are ready to work with their team of cannabis marketing experts, remember to use the code CANAMOM for a free marketing consultation. All right, we are back. That quilt. We're going to talk about the quilt. All right, let's talk about the quilt. What quilt, Vanessa? You see a quilt? <laughs> you have this beautiful Technicolor quilt behind you that I know you made. I want to know what is that about? So if you've been listening to the show carefully over the past, whatever, six months, I've been talking incessantly about my love of musical theater and <laughs> the amazing Technicolor Cannabis quilt, which I have finally finished. So it is made with, I think, 12 different fabrics, all cannabis themes, all different colors, interspersed are black lines so it makes it look a little bit like a stained glass window i guess and on the edges are images of all the women i've interviewed in the past two seasons so there's a hundred images around the quilt in black and white and i finally finished putting the whole thing together it's quilted in gold and pink thread and if that were not enough i have hemp fabric on the back oh my gosh that is crazy that is beautiful that is talent (laughs) obsessiveness anyways so last year i did a quilt it looked like a giant bong we did a great campaign around mother's day which also happens to be my birthday which is may 11th as a giveaway it was called the bong for mom we're going to be doing something with mother's day with this be connected to our friends at elevate northeast to support women in cannabis i'm not quite sure it's going to be some sort of prize stay tuned the amazing technicolor cannabis quilt with all the women I've interviewed from the past year, it could be yours. Exciting, exciting. <laughs> and you have a connection to Technicolor, correct? You said this is uh, fortuitous. Yeah. Back back in my tech days, I worked for Technicolor. Yep, it was a lot of fun. So it's really cool to see that quilt. Brings back memories. So the, the thing about the colors, I will say I do this every winter. I'm a, I call myself a fabric artist now. I'm not just a quilter. But I do like to do a colorful quilt every winter because when it's dark, it is a, it helps my brain. It literally helps my brain to be looking at colorful things as opposed to just being sort of sad about the grayness and darkness. So I do this for my own mental health. It helps me figure things out. It's sort of meditative. I get to listen to show music while I sit in my room and do the nerdiest thing. I'm the most uncool person, which is funny that I'm doing this cannabis show. You're the <laughs> I, most cool person. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I spend my free time, people. I know nothing about sports or, <laughs> I don't know, modern <laughs> culture, really. But I know about cannabis and quilting show and tunes. show tunes. All right. So we talked a little bit about, we've been talking a lot on Clubhouse and event planning. What are you seeing? I mean, you're sort of on this platform. Who are you meeting? And I mean, it's just opened my eyes. And I've been meeting women I wouldn't have met otherwise this year. So I do say the pandemic was not you know, the best thing to ever happen, obviously. But I'm not sure the podcast would still be here. I've been connected with so many women because I have to do so much virtual work. Yeah, tell me a little bit about what you've you've been experiencing. Yeah, the pandemic, I mean, it's definitely been a trying time, but it's had a lot of its great elements as well. You know, the connections that we fostered all over the world globally. Clubhouse has been, you know, just another platform to bring all these people together and a lot of women together. I am, you know, 
seeing a lot of vendors and again, women in the events space. And, you know, it's a very sort of like that quilt. It's very intricate. It has all these different like pieces, the event industry, especially when it comes to cannabis, it's beautiful. You know, there are women very focused on doing, what do you call it? Uh, sex and wellness events. There are women focused on culinary events. And so really, it's really great to be a part of an expo that brings all those little pieces together. And that's why I'm finding a lot of these vendors, especially in the sense, again, we talk about the BIPOC community, making sure that we foster opportunities for women and people of color. And since being in this position, I've definitely put a focus on that, making sure that especially, you know, women that look like me are, you know, they are being showcased inside of these events. And it's actually, it's not hard to find. I don't know why for the longest in this industry where we seem to be having trouble finding them because we're everywhere. 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 Yeah. And and there's a whole like, I mean, I've been speaking to women who like, this is their underground world, obviously, for a while, making these beauty products or salves or things for their community, yeah. often church ladies who yes. were, you know, That's just doing their thing. Lady. Yeah. <laughs> Mama T is back there making like infused tea. <laughs> so we want the church ladies to come out because there's no, again, stories, the power of stories. Everybody's got their own story. We believe whatever story has been out there, this weird narrative for a hundred years, which is literally wrong. Right. And so this is kind of back to the hidden brain. So when that woman was talking about stories and the power to awe and to convince ourselves, she's talking about how, you know, facts don't seem to matter. Like if somebody has some ridiculous idea and you try yelling at them and telling them they're wrong and you give them facts, that actually makes it worse. Mm -hmm. But the thing that actually works is if you ask them to explain it. And there's something about our internal mechanisms that once you start explaining something and realize you can't explain it, something clicks. And then you're like, oh, maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. So again, I, I think I, sorry. And experiences. And experiences. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Experiences yeah. change our perception of everything. And that's why events are so important because events are just extended experiences. They are memories. They are things that we can tangibly touch and retain. And so people remember it for the long term. And that's absolutely why I love um, doing events. And I love really focusing on the guest experience because we want people to really embrace this plant as an opportunity to feel whole again, to feel that childlike wonder that we've been missing for a really long time since we've been a child. You know, we want people to laugh and be able to feel okay crying and go out and take a walk and embrace the world and hear the birds again. People, so much of the world is passing us by that we just forget to stop. And cannabis is a tool to really build that equanimity for ourselves. Oh, that's so beautiful. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So I am running up on time, but let's, all right. So you got three boys. You said this is like, you know, three boys. I have a boy and a girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have a boy and a girl. Uh, Remember there's uh, been a separation in the family, but yes, a boy and a girl. My son is 11. My daughter is two going on 20 and ruin the world. Okay. So I said it wrong. I thought you had three children. She has two. (laughs) No, no, no. I got two. two. (laughs) Anybody who's listening, who knows her is like, Vanessa had another baby. I didn't know. She did it. She has two. I'm clarifying. (laughs) No, no, and we are done. Cannabis. I have two. I got a boy and a girl. So how do they, what do they know about cannabis? What do they know about what mommy does? How do you talk to them about this? They know about it in a business sense. Um, My son is 11. I'm not going to be naive and pretend that he's not going to hear about it from his friends and the culture and the world around him. So I let him hear about it in a business sense. And he is very smart and intuitive about the plant. He knows not to touch it. 
right? Just as we would with alcohol, don't touch it. Um, But I want to foster, you know, just a very healthy approach to it. So yeah, I just talk about it normally. And the baby, well, too little? Too little. She doesn't really understand it, you know, and I'm not going to go down that route of pushing it on her. But of course, as I'm talking about it, she's going to hear about it, but she's going to hear about it in a very healthy way. I just think it's, this is the normalization. I've, I've had this idea, another can of mom was talking about how we should be sharing the stories of children who are growing up with cannabis or the normal element of their mm-hmm. life. Just what does it sound like for them to talk about? Because the pushback on everything is always, <gasps> what about the children? Oh my God, we can't talk about this or legalize because of the children. Well, the truth is people lying about this and scaring kids with dare and their parents using cannabis has really hurt a lot of children. So the normalization and the idea that children can just be like my mom's a cannabis user or my dad is and not be afraid that they're going to go to jail. I mean, that is literally a fear that children have been growing up with for generations because of this war on drugs that wasn't effective for cannabis. So, or anything really. Anyway, so this idea that children, this idea of like just sharing, having them share their own stories. So other people can again hear this idea. Oh, they're not scared. There's nothing bad. Yeah. My son looks at it like science right? He wants to be a paleontologist and he finds it like fascinating. And, you know, and he's asked me, he's just like, well, what is the, he actually asked me, what is the chemical uh, like compounds or the makeup, some sciencey tech thing? And I said, I don't know, dude, you're going to have to look it up. That's not my field. There you go. All right. And again, cannabis is a science. It is not a belief system. So your son is literally, he knows exactly what to talk about. He already knows already. Amazing. All right. My friend, Vanessa, thank you. Vanessa Oliver, again, CEO of Cannabis Wedding Expo. If they want to reach you, connect with you, want to be part of the Cannabis Wedding Expo, what's the way to do it? So you can find us on Instagram at the Cannabis Wedding Expo, but also www.cannabisweddingexpo.com. Excellent. So excited. All right. I want to go to Denver. Maybe I have tickets. My husband got his tickets to go to Red Rock last summer. Maybe we can use them next I don't know. Oh my God, could I travel? Could I leave this room? It yes, sounds unbelievable. You well, you can right today. <laughs> Tomorrow, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'll be maybe I'll be in Colorado for the wedding expo. All right. For my can I could be I mean my children are getting older. Someday I could be planning a wedding ex- I could be planning a cannabis wedding. Oh, I wanna be there. I wanna be there. We'll get Irie weddings to do the, the bud bar. There we go. All right, I got it set up, kids. All right, so no I'm no pressure. No pressure on anyone. Okay. <laughs> For my Canabro, David Yes, thanks for being here with me. Thanks, Joyce. I think your Technicolor cannabis quilt has magical powers, and you could actually fly on it to Denver. All right, that's my that's, goal. That's I want to, I want to be a princess flying on my cannabis quilt. <laughs> that could be like a meme. Okay, I want to thank our interns, Catherine and Hayden. Thank you again for an amazing work. I want to thank Josh Lampkin and Bella Jaffe for writing and performing the Cannamon theme music. But most importantly, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cannamon show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry, one can of story at a time. Please follow us on social media. Subscribe anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. I am your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannamon Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 
How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why is an endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast and, of course, on PodConnects.